0: In this episode, we're going to continue our theme from last week, which is exploring the internals of the Rails 3 router. Now last week I showed you the internals of this match method and what goes on behind the scenes when you call match in your routes file, but there are a lot of other methods that we can call in this routes file, so let's take a look at some of them here in this episode. Now if you open up the Rails source code, you can find that the routing logic is inside action pack, action dispatch, routing. And inside of here, what we want to focus on in this episode is the mapper class. Because if you recall, mapper is what we currently are scoped to inside of that block. So inside of here, any method we call inside of here is called on the mapper instance. So that means any method which is defined on mapper is callable from our routes file. Now going back to the mapper class Uh, The code here can be a little bit overwhelming because there's just so much, and it's fairly complex. So if we take a look at the bottom of the file here, you can see there's nearly a thousand lines of code in this mapper file, and that's a lot. But the good news is, this is the longest file related to routing inside of Rails. So if you grasp this file and understand how it works, basically, you've covered a lot of ground in how routing works inside of Rails. In order to understand this code better, what we could do is some code folding. Now in TextMate, that's command option zero, and that will just fold everything so we can see everything's inside of a module called action dispatch, then a routing module, and then the class mapper. And here's where things start to get interesting. Now you can see the first two items here are class definitions for constraints and mapping. And I touched on both of those classes in the last episode. But one thing to point out here is that these are nested under the mapper class. Which is kind of strange. If you're new to Ruby, you would think, why are you nesting one class inside of another? Well, really, there's no magic behavior going on here behind the scenes. The constraints class is completely separate from the mapper class. The only thing that's happening here is that um, you're defining the namespace to get to the constraints and mapping classes. They're going to be under the mapper namespace. But there's no inheritance or shared behavior going on when you nest classes like this in Ruby. And then moving on down, we have a couple class methods, and these are sort of generic utility methods which are used throughout this class. And then down below here, we have our set of modules. And as you can see below here, those five modules are included into this class. So these modules are basically just a way to organize the code in this class. And the first module here, base, is what we saw in the last episode. And this basically has that match method. It has a root method as well, which basically uses that match method underneath the hood. And also a mount method, which is I never knew about before, but basically it's just another way to uh, mount a rack application to a specific URL in your routes. There's also default URL options if you want to customize those, but normally you don't have to. Now the next one here, HTTP helpers, is pretty interesting. This is where the get, post, put, and delete methods are defined. And this is for basically uh, mapping routes to certain types of requests, such as a get request. Uh, notice this calls map method and that's defined down here. And this basically just uses the via option and uses that method passed in there and calls match. So a lot of these methods here, you're going to notice that they just delegate to the match method and just passing and customizing certain options. So going to our routes file, if we wanted this route to only respond to get requests, we could do the via a get option or the much shorter get, and that will create a route with that same option. Now the post put and delete methods basically work the same way as this get method just for those other request types. Now the redirect method here though is very interesting because this is completely different. It actually returns a rack application here you can see this lambda block here returns and this is going to return an array status headers and body. So that's a rack application and notice the status type will default to 301. So this is actually going to just do a 301 redirect using a simple rack application. So we can use this redirect method directly inside our routes file whenever we want one URL to redirect to another. So remember this to parameter here, it takes a rack application. So we can use the redirect method, which returns a rack application to redirect to a new URL, such as slash items, and that'll just do a 301 redirect here. This is really useful when you're changing the way your URLs work, and you want to still support your old legacy URLs and just redirect them to the new ones. So that covers all the methods inside this HTTP helpers module. As you can see, it's pretty simple. Next, we have scoping and resources, but I'll get to those in a little bit. I want to show you shorthand, though. This is a pretty interesting module, which actually redefines the match method, which, remember, was defined back in the base module. And this actually supports a different type of syntax or options, which you can pass to this match method, which is sort of a a shorthand way of doing it. So going back to our routes file, uh, the shorthand method is basically an alternative way to write this to option here because it's so common, they decided to support it so you just don't have to pass a to option at all, and you just do a simple hash for passing the path and then what you want it to redirect to. And you can append additional parameters on here if you want to for that route, but it's a nice uh, shorter way to write a route. So that's what this redefined match method does inside the shorthand module. It's basically setting this to parameter here when it's not set already and notice this is pretty interesting it's actually going to call super but we don't actually have a super class on this mapper class here so what is super delegating to in this case well super is actually going to delegate to an earlier method which is included inside of a different module so notice shorthand module is included last here it's going to look through each of these modules and look for a match method which is defined in that and delegate to that so in this case it's going to call the base match method and you'll see this technique done a lot in the rails three source code Uh, in earlier versions of rails this was done through alias method chain to override specific behavior but here in rails three we're just using a super call so that's it for the shorthand module next let's check out resources as you can probably guess, this contains the resources method and all the methods associated with that. So here's that resources method we use so often to do restful routing. And if we open that up, uh, this is pretty complex and I don't have time to get into all the details of this. But if you look at the general structure of this, it actually uh, makes a lot of sense here. So you can see there's a couple collection methods here. One is a git index, post create, then there's git new, and then git edit, get edit Get show, put update, delete, destroy. So those are the seven famous restful actions that this is going to create uh, when you call resources in your routes. And notice this is calling a yield right here. So right before it's creating the seven restful actions, it's going to yield to this block and allow you to create some other other actions yourself, basically in the same manner that it's doing so here. And notice this is inside the resources scope. So back inside of our routes file, we can do a a call to resources inside of here. Let's say resources products, and then pass a block. And inside this block is what gets executed uh, when that yield call was in our Rails source code. And so after this block is executed is when our actions are defined on our products controller. And we can basically do the same thing we saw inside that Rails source code. Uh, We can do a call to collection, and then we can do a get, uh, how about, let's say, discounted and that'll add a uh, route for the discounted uh, collection action on our products controller. Now seeing all these blocks defined in our routes file like this, you might think that our object is changing every time we do a block, but that's not really the case. Uh, We're still working with the same mapper object that we worked with in the beginning. So self inside this collection block here is that same mapper that is up here. So calling get here is just like calling get up here we're just working inside a different scope, and we'll get to scopes a little more in a bit. Now, going back to our Rails source code, you may have noticed that inside our resources method, we're using this collection scope call when we're defining our index and create actions. But inside our routes file, we're just using collection. So, what's the difference? Well, actually, there's not really any difference. If we take a look at the other methods here, well, here's that collection method. And we can see that this actually just delegates to collection scope. So it's basically the same thing. I'm not exactly sure why they have both. Now, another thing you may have noticed inside our routes file here is that we have this call to get discounted. And this is actually the same method call as this get request. But this one here is going to actually assume some additional behavior. It's going to behave um, according to how it's scoped inside our resources and collection scope inside of here now if we take a look back inside our resources module we can see that there's a pretty familiar method here match so this is redefining that match method and basically adding some additional behavior based on uh... resources so as you can see here there's some conditions to check the scope level to see if it's resources and add some different behavior inside of here uh... this logic is pretty complex but basically all you need to know is that this resources module is going to override that match method. And by the way, notice it's just calling super here. So it's you know going up the stack, and it'll end up calling the base match method um, later on after it's overridden some behavior. And remember, when we're calling git, we're delegating to the match method. So that's basically where the additional functionality is located for dealing with the git and other match methods inside of resources. And now we're down to the last module inside our mapping class and that is scoping now whenever you see a block inside your routes file usually there's a call to scope behind the scenes so that means it's going to define some additional behavior for the code inside that block so let's take a look inside here and there is the basic scope method which we'll get to in a bit but all these other methods they basically just delegate to that you'll notice a lot of methods inside this mapping class are really simple. They are just delegating to a more generic method and setting some options. So in this case, defaults is just going to call scope with those defaults options. Constraints, call scope with some constraints options. Again, yielding to a block here. Uh, namespace, uh, it applies a lot of options, but it's basically the same idea here. we it's just calling scope with some additional options. And controller, again here, um, passing a controller option to scope. Now we also have this initialize method here, which as you can see is really simple. It just sets a scope instance variable to an empty hash. But you may be wondering, what's an initialize method doing inside of a module? Uh, Modules can't be instantiated. Well, that's very true. But in this case, we're just overriding a method behavior here. So when this scoping module gets included into the mapping class, this initialize method will basically override the earlier initialize method, add the scope call, or instance variable and then call super. So we're just overriding a method in this case, don't worry about instantiating a module. And then finally, we have the scope method. Now this is the big guy, it has quite a bit of complexity here. But basically, all it's doing is just filling up the scope instance variable with some information based on all the options you're passing into the scope. And this builds up and is merging all these options together. Um, using some methods down at the bottom here, all these private methods for merging, it's using all of these to merge the various options. And so all it's doing basically is storing up the scope information so that later on it can use it inside whatever match call you have so that it um, basically adds additional functionality based on your current scope. So that's basically how blocks inside of your routes file works. Uh, let's say we have a controller call, say products, and remember the controller method delegated to the scope call, just passing in the controller option. And that means that whenever we call match inside of here, the controller option will automatically be supplied in here without us doing anything. And that's it for this episode, I hope it gives you some idea on what the methods inside your routes file are actually doing. Now even though you have so many different methods to choose from in your routes file, Uh, They're actually, most of them are really simple. They're just delegating to either the match method or the scope method and just passing some additional options to them.